Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Inside the Game Guys Podcast, J.C. Sherbert here with you. January 6th, that's a Thursday. Hope all you doing well out there today. Staying warm, no matter where you are across the country. Uh, got a couple of uh, tweets and texts about the, the thumping noise in the background. I don't know what that is, but I, uh, someone did email me and say, because I don't hear it when I play it back. Uh, someone did say uh, it sounded like the dog maybe walking across uh, the uh, hardwood floors here. And so maybe that's it. So I've instructed Red to uh, lay down a little bit. <laughs> I hope it's not the chair or anything. I'm going to be trying to be very, very still. Uh, kind of like the movie The Green Mile where he, he says, you be so still, the, the little mouse or whatever. I'm going to try to be as still as that mouse. Um, but anyway, I hope everybody is having a uh, excellent Thursday. Thanks to Heritage Digital, as always. Uh, news and notes, uh, not going to say much about men's basketball. I had kind of a rant about seating arrangements in the CLA and the embarrassment that that is and that, the, 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 you know, it's an impossible situation for Frank Martin right now. And this team actually had a chance and, you know, maybe they – I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want to go into it. Uh, I'll just say this. Auburn's a hell of a basketball team. Bruce Pearl obviously can recruit. You know, no matter how he gets it done, he gets it done. Uh, congratulations to that program for ascending. And that should show you that it's not that hard to ascend in the SEC when you have a commitment. And they have a commitment to build a new arena, hired Bruce Pearl, and away they go. Tired of sucking in basketball. Look and see what Auburn did. That's nothing against Frank Martin. Uh, I think that, you know, if if you give kind of the same support Frank Martin, (laughs) uh, he would have probably been all right, you know, and then gone to more than one. And I don't think this season's over. There's 17 more games. Uh, I think this team does have a chance. I'm disappointed kind of in the veterans, to be honest with you. Uh, 
guys like Cousinard and, and Bryant miss time, can't get going. Um, you know, it's just tough. Eric Stevenson plays his butt off, and and when Eric Stevenson is hitting from outside, South Carolina should, you know, be more competitive than what they were. Uh, but we'll see. You know, th- this game at Vandy this weekend, I think, is important for a number of reasons. Number one, South Carolina struggled mightily up there lately, including right before the pandemic shut everybody down. Uh, an embarrassing loss uh, when the Gamecocks really, really needed it to get on track. Uh, or to get on the bubble. And then, of course, everything got shut down, but that loss was awful. And so there's some redemption that, that needs to take place up there. Vandy's okay. You know, they're probably better than they have been, but, you know, South Carolina's got a shot uh, to go up there and win on Saturday. And then, yeah, Tennessee, and then you got Florida. So if you could go 0 and 4, you can go 3 and 1. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Uh, in basketball. I will remind everybody basketball is not an undefeated sport, too. So there's no need to flip out every single time Carolina loses a game, especially at home to a top-10 team. Uh, you know, I, I was disappointed with how they played. Uh, I thought they could have been a little more competitive. But uh, Auburn's going to beat a lot of people like that on their home court this year, I, I can assure you. So uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, a lot of football stuff. Uh you know, like I said, look like looks like Marcus Satterfield is going to be retained. I, I had some info on thebigspur.com about that. Um, seems like there was a clearing the air meeting before the bowl. Everybody's feeling hunky dory about everything now. And uh, heck, he went out there and called a good game. I, I've said many times, I'm not I'm not changing my opinion on this. Okay, I just hope my opinion's wrong. You know, and maybe long term, it it was more the quarterback situation or whatever. In my opinion, it's more than that. It was way more than that. But um, um, you know, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm moving on because I, you know, it's not productive for me to sit here when there's a lot of other things to cover and talk about and discuss that situation over and over ad nauseum. It's just not going to – I mean, you know how I feel. I know how many of you feel. Uh, we know how Shane Beamer feels about it. I don't know necessarily that, uh, you know, it, it, the staff shifting is over. There is an opening on defense that they have to fill with Mike Peterson leaving. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but it's just not productive for me to keep going on and on and on and on and on because uh, I'm not going to say anything new. There's not going to be any kind of new revelation. Now, if I get some news or some information, I'll pass it along. And at some point, I'll I'll probably tell you, you know, based on sources and and conversations and contacts, why 2022 will be different other than, hey, they got quarterbacks now. And so that's uh, because there's got to be another reason, because I I guarantee you guys, they're the issues on offense are well beyond just, oh, we didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> that's uh, that's an excuse. That's an excuse, in my opinion. And because of the quarterbacks they've gotten, that the excuse is out the window. Transfer portal, very, very active. Uh, Hale McGranahan with some good news uh, for the Gamecocks. Devonnie Reed, a safety transfer from Central Michigan. And, and, and look, first of all, if any of you out there are like, ah, oh, Transfer from Central Michigan. Ah, I don't want to hear it. 
number one, I think if I'm not mistaken, Central Michigan won the Sun Bowl this year. Jim McElwain coaches them. Number two, you know, there's nothing that says guys from lower levels can't come and 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 start and play well. South Carolina had many of those. I mean, most of you were jumping up and down that Jordan Strong was returning. He did announce he was returning this week along with Zach Pickens. Uh, he came from Georgia State. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I don't want to hear any of that mess. Like, oh, they should be getting guys from Power Five schools because that's not true. Uh, they need to get the best players. And as we know from looking at years and years and years of NFL draft data and who's on NFL rosters and who the best players in the world are, it's not a, they're not all from Power Five. They're not all four- and five-star guys, you know. And in the portal, especially with a guy like this, he, later on in his career enough to where – you know, he's one of the better guys. His name's, his name's Devonnie Reed. He's from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Ypsilanti, Michigan. I don't know how to say that. I'm a dumb redneck here, folks. Uh, Gamecocks offered him. He's got a lot of other offers from a lot of other schools. Uh, Hale McGranahan today reporting Gamecocks are in good shape. I could see him uh, sn- taking a visit. And there's a kind of a, a rule that if a player goes through orientation – he can come visit now during the dead period. So he's got a lot of man. You want go watch his film. It's on um, it's on YouTube. Devani D E V O N N I Reed highlights uh, and has Reds walking around on the floor. I don't get that. I just wish he'd lay down. Uh, as soon as I get off, quit recording. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna not lay down. There he goes. He's laying down on my coat now. Sorry about that, guys. So uh, so I thought that was pretty stellar. You know, it was a pretty uh, stellar update. You know, the Gamecocks have a lot of numbers in the defensive backfield, but if you think about it, you know, losing Jalen Foster at safety, you know, who do you have coming back? You have R.J. Roderick coming back, okay. Then you're looking at Tyrese Ross and Jalen Dickerson back there. And Ross didn't play a whole lot this year. Dickerson never can stay healthy. Uh, I think if you can get a kid like this who's a no-brainer, you do it. If not, you're probably going to be young back there. Don't count out Anthony Rose or O'Donnell Fortune or Keenan Nelson or any of those guys. But uh, this is kind of a turnkey solution. Gamecocks are also looking for another defensive end, linebacker maybe, running back. Uh, keep your eye on the running back portal. I think South Carolina is in good shape there. Uh, and, of course, wide receiver. Uh, so another guy that they've um, – Offered is this kid from James Madison, and all of a sudden I, well, I unstickied it, and now I can't find it. But um, ah, shoot, I don't remember what. Ah, here's his name. Uh, and he he's got Texas, and you know I think Florida and everybody else. Antoine Wells Jr. Um, from James Madison, eighty-five. And again, I don't want to hear the fact he is an FCS. 85 catches, 1,250 yards, 15 touchdowns last year for a powerhouse at the FCS level. Uh, played at Highland Springs in Virginia. Shane Beamer has a big connection there. Justin Steps offered him. You know, this is another guy. No-brainer type of dude. Come in and play right away, and you start talking about Van coming back. He announced that again officially. We kind of knew that was going to happen. Jaheim Bell – Hopefully they continue to use him like they did in the bowl. Amari and Brown came on. Uh, Xavier Leggett, if you think about it, made some really tough catches. Not a lot of them, but some tough ones uh, once he kind of got going. So this is a light at the end of the tunnel. 
with uh, a lot of these guys. And so, you know, they definitely need to get some portal help, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, one or two guys I think would do it as long as people stay healthy. And, you know, maybe, shoot, Rico Powers will step up or something. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. But uh, right now he's still on the roster, so you got to kind of kind of do that. Uh, I mentioned earlier Mike Peterson left for the University of Florida. Um, that's his alma mater. Mike Peterson has been at South Carolina six years. I get it. Uh, change of scenery. He was the lone holdover from the previous staff. Sometimes that happens. Uh, if you're a Gamecock fan, just be thankful that he stayed last year during the transition because he really, really helped Shane Beamer and the roster kind of stay together. Uh, it was his first full-time coaching job, six years. That's a long time uh, for an assistant to be at a place, especially a guy like Mike P., uh, who's a former NFL guy, has connections all over the country. Uh, you know, I, I kind of anticipated him moving on. I didn't know maybe it would go be a Georgia, maybe it'd be to Florida. I didn't know. But he's not only a, a Gator, he's from uh, Alachua County down there in Gainesville, and he uh, – he also, like I said, played for Florida, played for Steve Spurrier down there. So he's going home, played for the Jaguars. So he's going home. Uh, so I thought that was uh, that's interesting news. What will Shane Beamer do? Clayton White, those guys. Well, I, I don't know. I think there's a school of thought that says maybe they need to hire a linebackers coach and let Clayton White slide back to the secondary, which is what he's more accustomed to doing. Um, there's a school of thought that maybe hire another defensive line coach. Um I don't know if they hire if they hire a new defensive line coach. I'd love to see Travian Robertson get the job. Uh, Gamecock, uh, his Georgia State defensive lines have been well. He learned from the goat Brad Lawing, uh, and has really done a fantastic job for the Georgia State Panthers. Uh, and you know who gets credit for Jordan Strong developing before he got to South Carolina? It's definitely definitely Travian. So, um, and he was part of the glory years when Beamer was there earlier. So. We will kind of see what uh, what happens there uh, with, with all of that uh, in terms of the coaching changes and stuff. There's still some talk out there. There may be an, an offensive staff change. Uh, I know that there's not going to be like a firing of Marcus Satterfield and a new coordinator and a new system, but there could be some different things that could potentially make some of you guys happy, could potentially not. I don't know. Like I said, tired of discussing it. Uh, now, if something comes up like that, we definitely will discuss it. Don't get me wrong. But um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't know when the timetable is for that happening or what. Uh, I think right now it's back to, uh, to a certain extent, coaches uh, recruiting uh, these portal guys and stuff. Uh, the coaching staff is off until January 13th. Uh, in terms of meetings and things like that in the building. So they're doing a little recruiting, a little downtime. So we'll see uh, see how all that plays out uh, in terms of uh, staff changes and, and, and tweaks and all that good stuff. Uh, Gamecock's one week removed from winning the, the Mayonnaise Bowl. That seems like a long time ago uh, with all the talk and stuff about coordinators and all that good stuff. But it was a week ago. Gamecocks won 38-21 over North Carolina. Tenth uh, bowl win in program history. So that's uh, it's not bad. I also want to say this. Uh, check me out. Uh, I was on that SEC podcast this week with Mike uh, Bratton, 
really good segment. Also, the JB and Goldwater show earlier this week. Uh, that was also uh, a pretty good segment, so so check it out there. Uh, so this uh, Devontae Reed kid could come in and be a part of a uh, orientation and actually visit uh, from Michigan. He's from the state of Michigan, so this, I think this would be Carolina's first guy from, from the state of Michigan on the roster. <laughs> it's a it, you look at kind of where some of these guys come from. It's a it's a uh, it's getting to be a pretty nationally uh, national national type roster, I guess. You know, got guys from Fort Wayne, Indiana, all the way down to Miami, all the way out to Texas and Arizona. So, shoot, you know, we'll we'll see sort of uh, how all that goes. Uh, but that's uh, that's the one guy to keep an eye on right now. I think. Uh, in terms of you know who could commit pretty soon, um, but Devonnie Reed uh, from Central Michigan, so that's uh, and he's supposed to arrive today per hail uh, for an official visit uh, to South Carolina. Um, senior uh, graduate guy, probably the same thing as Carlos Patel last year in terms of eligibility, but. Boy, go watch his film. He will he will bring the heat. <laughs> uh, he's what I call – he's kind of an eraser type in terms of dissecting plays in the run game, knocking people down. He's good in coverage. Uh, as good as Jalen Foster was this year, this guy's uh, more impressive in my opinion. Uh, but also uh, I think could do the, some of the things Foster did, especially against the run, um, maybe against the pass too. So, you know, and like I said, Texas, Colorado, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, Mississippi State, Miami, they have all offered. So, uh, Colorado County is a county located ah, in the U.S. state of Texas. I love that. I love it. Not in a great mood today, folks. Trying to kind of get the background noise off and uh, Alexa off. The stupid Alexa comes on. Oh, God almighty. Anyway. So there we go with that. Uh, and that concludes the news and notes segment of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. we got some mailbag coming up, but also some analysis. Uh, and I wanted to talk today uh, about the transfer portal and sort of why I think we all, myself included, uh, and I've said this before, have to re rework our minds. Okay. Now, you're going through a recruiting cycle, right? Those of you that love recruiting. And if you're listening to me, you probably have to like recruiting, at least like it a little bit. And, okay, so you got momentum, you got a flurry of commits, and then all of a sudden, oh, you miss out on two or three guys. You're like, oh, where's our momentum? And, oh, all that good stuff. Okay, so say you have two targets that your coaches really want at a position. We'll call it receiver. And they go elsewhere, and you're like, oh, you know, now they got to go down the board. And, and somehow you feel, and you get the – look, everybody feels – you get the interpretation and the feel that, oh, this is not good news for the program, or that this is not – you know, we're, we're going to somehow be, as a program, lesser, less good because of this, because of the top targets. Now, number one, that's not true because <laughs> – I can think of two recent examples. Sky Moore was a late offer, pretty good player. So was Rashad Fenton out of South Florida. I'm like, why why, why don't you just recruit South Florida to begin with? (laughs) Uh, You know, late offer guy. Uh, You know, there's plenty of guys that have been taken late that 
pan out better than the the star rated guys that you like. Still, you don't like that for that to happen. I, I think it's a very valid thought process when your team loses players or, or prospects that you want. It's very, very, very valid. The portal is so different because number one, you don't know. You may wake up tomorrow. You know, you may miss out on a guy today, and you may wake up tomorrow, and there's two guys that are highly interested that want to come that want to come to your school, and you know they're better than the guy you missed on. <laughs> and and so, whereas with high school recruiting, you have a board, you kind of have you know target one A, target one B, you know target one C, and a lot of times, you know those guys are all close together, and you're splitting hairs or whatever, but. The portal can be like the biggest roller coaster ride ever. And it's also ongoing, right? So, in other words, you know, right now, you know, who are the top portal guys in the country? This is why this is why I think as a as a recruiting industry, you know, we have to really think about all this with the portal and how we structure it and how we rank it. Because right now you're like, oh, you know, you got guys looking at, oh, these are the top portal guys. Well, that's for right now. Tomorrow, it may completely change. And you can't trust those rankings at all, period. Because <laughs> they're, they're not, you know, a lot of them are too tied to the high school ranking. You know, a, a lot of them are skewed sort of like JUCO rankings where you knock the guys down points-wise uh, because they they, 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 tra- they transferred or whatever. And, and, you know, we'd knock JUCOs down because JUCO ball is a, is a detour. You know, not everybody gets out of JUCO. Not everybody makes the grades at JUCO. Not everybody develops, certainly, at JUCO. You know, you're, you're talking about guys that are all conference in a, in a uh, you know, on the FBS level that are projected to be drafted. And, you know, you're, you're just, you know, docking them 10 points. So, so they don't count as much as a guy like Jay Sean Barham, who some people think he's an edge. You know, some people elsewhere may think he's a linebacker. You know, there's a lot he needs to work on to be good. So why is there more numerical value assigned to him than a Spencer Rattler? Um, and, and, and so that's part of the adjustment in thought. You know, I've read a couple of times you know, to, on the message board today, and, and no offense to these people because this is all part of the, the process. We're all trying to learn about it. But does, does Shane Beamer get a pass? because none of these guys he's recruiting out of the portal are highly rated. And, you know, I about busted a blood vessel in my head. And nothing against the guy that posted it because he didn't know any better because we're all learning, right? But, but and it's not the person that posted it. It's, the, it's, the, it's what the, the message was there. And it drove me crazy. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, this kid, Devonnie Reed from Central Michigan is probably a second rounder. Right, that means if if done correctly, he's anywhere from a top. Oh gosh, top forty-ish, fifty-ish player in the country down to the uh, what the top eighty. It's like a high four-star guy, man. You know, um, Rattler, same thing. You know, not highly rated. You know, and. You look at him, and he was a five-star and number one and all that um, coming out. And, you know, maybe maybe he wasn't quite a five-star. I don't know. You know, it's just like with portal guys, you've got to ignore that. I mean, let's, let's 
take a walk down memory lane, right? So, so when South Carolina wasn't doing well on offense this year, people started people start to find things to nitpick about Beamer and everything else. And the problem with that was that when you nitpick this, they started nitpicking the uh, the transfer portal. Oh, they just got a bunch of one double A guys or, or, or FCS guys, you know. And, and I think part of it was because, I mean, bottom line, I think you make a strong statement uh, to carry on Joiner's game against North Carolina, notwithstanding that Jason Brown was the best quarterback on the team. He won the most games against legit competition this year. He came from FCS. EJ Jenkins, I think, kind of got sidetracked and jerked around. I still think he's going to be pretty good. He came from FCS. Jordan Strong came from group of five. He was a walk-on at that level out of high school. David Spalding had a lot of good snaps, 74-yard pick six. Uh, Carlins Patel came from D2, man, and and, and was a, a role player, but played and, and, and belonged, right? Debo Williams is going to be a good linebacker. He has a long time, a lot of eligibility left. He came from FCS Delaware. And, you know, and all these guys helped with a defense that was tremendously improved this season, right? Uh, the offensive guys, Amarian Brown, who thankfully started playing a little bit against North Carolina, um, came from Georgia Tech. You know, the other guy that came from a power five, Jakeem Green, never played. Unfortunately for him, very disappointed uh, in Jakeem Green. Probably more disappointed in myself for overvaluing his film. Shoot, maybe he's one of those guys that was in because he was an end, you know. Now he's a big. Maybe he's just not an inside guy. Uh, so, so look, I'm not. You know, I'm just not feeling the whole criticism uh, of of FCS and lower rated guys. And, you know, do they get this Beamer getting a pass until he can build it? You know, all those things are fine. You know, uh, if you want to, I don't know. I guess all those things are fine if, uh, you know, you, you want to kind of look at it the old way, but this is the new way. I mean, this is a new deal. Uh, and I don't, I don't think, you know, anybody in the portal South Carolina has offered, uh, do, do I consider a stretch? Uh, in fact, all these guys can play and are very promising. And and I don't think you should give a flip what they were rated coming out of high school, especially for an older guy like this Devonnie Reed guy from Central Michigan. I mean, shoot, man, who cares? <laughs> He's beyond all that, you know. Think of some of the safeties South Carolina's recruited that have been highly rated. <laughs> Have not turned out, you know. We go back to to maybe a Wesley Green or a Chaz Elder or a, a DJ Smith had a good senior year, but I mean, couldn't cover a bucket of water a lot of the time. Um, really good in run support, though. So, you know, to me, that's a moot point. So that's all I'm saying about the portal. And look, I'm guilty of it at times too, you know. Uh, because it, it's good to have people feel good and be excited and with Spencer Rattler being a big name, even though I've got questions about him as a quarterback, uh, you know, that guy is exciting because everybody's excited and that's contagious. So uh, I would just encourage everybody to chill out, take the portal for what it's worth, make your own assumptions, you know, like, like this kid, Devonnie Reed was an all Mac guy, all conference guy, 
playmaker, big-time part of that defense. They had a good season. Okay, so you can kind of put the tea leaves, you know, read the tea leaves a little bit on that guy. You know, the kid from James Madison, 85 catches this year. You know, I mean, the receiver, you know, look at it, you know. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, would it be nice to get Kobe Hudson from Auburn or Mario Williams from Oklahoma or somebody? Yeah, absolutely. Those are highly rated guys too. But then, you know, are you going to go get a guy just because he was four stars out of high school that that has, you know, five catches in two years? Well, he better be Jamison Williams <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, and you better evaluate him as well as Alabama did if that's the case. Uh, because a lot of times there's a reason those guys aren't playing. Uh, at, at this level. So uh, just a little word of advice there. Like I said, I'm not mad at anybody. I, just, I see these things and I'm like, man, oh man, goodness, this is, this is going to be a process to kind of get everybody up to snuff. The good news about it is this. <laughs> if you're in South Carolina and you're getting all this portal help, uh, you have a class full of high school guys that, you know, it's defensive back heavy, uh, the in-state crop is, or the in-state crowd is, uh, there's basically five guys that have huge upsides, but they're not, they're not ready. Probably one of them tops will be ready to go. Uh, but, but you've got a lot of guys that need to develop and, um, then will that have the potential to do it, but they're just not ready to step in. Um, and your portal guys should be. And then you got a bunch of guys that are returning. Like I said, Zach Pickens is coming back. Josh Van is coming back. Just about everybody that – I don't think anybody really left early that that, that shouldn't have. You, you can debate Kevin Harris. Uh, and I think it's reasonable to say, eh, I mean, to come back, come back for another year and run like he did uh, against North Carolina, boy, he'd have been – you know, but running backs don't have that, that position value. You know, so, so if he comes back and runs for – 1300 yards um is he still going to be any higher than like a maybe a second rounder third rounder i don't know would depend on the combine because running backs just don't you know the, these franchises they they draft a running back he gets worn out after a couple of years then they have an undrafted free agent and they sign for peanuts that they put in he's got fresh legs he's good too and they'll run him for a while uh, and that's just how it is so running backs sometimes just need to go ahead and go um in my opinion uh, you know, Enigbare going to the draft was not a surprise. I think I think you could say Zaquandre White was to a certain extent, but really, based on the feedback he got from the NFL, I I would have gone had I been him. They think he's a three down back. In other words, you don't have to put in a third down back to catch passes. They love that. You know, they feel like had he gotten more touches this year, he'd have, you know had a thousand yards or whatever. Um, and look, he's had a long, twisting, winding road, right? From Florida State, from Fort Myers to Florida State to linebacker to JUCO to Carolina to not playing to playing some defense to uh, the up and downs of this season. And I just think that when you added it all up, if you were him, he should have gone. So there's really nobody that's gone that you know. Some of these guys had they gone, I'd have been like, "Ooh, this you know, this is not a good sign," but they haven't. So you got you got everybody coming back, right? Uh, now I'm not saying the train South Carolina's numbers are over right now. So there's going to be more people leaving. I just don't know who. Um, and hopefully it's not somebody I've talked about as being good, but if it is, hopefully they get someplace else and, 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 and play well, uh, enough to, uh, you know, to, to make me right. 
uh, analysis. You could call this analysis probably news. Uh, Anthony Rose enrolled. Peyton Williams enrolled. Those are the two DBs. Uh, those guys could compete for a spot in the two deep. Jamal Weish enrolled. Uh, if he's at the end early, I could see him maybe making a move. He's kind of a sleeper of mine. Felix Hickson, DeAndre Martin uh, coming in at defensive tackle. You know, they're going to need to develop. But if you look at the numbers at D tackle now, they're really solid. Donovan Westmoreland to me is intriguing because I don't know where exactly they're planning on him playing. Uh, but I think he at least is a guy that can play special teams. So somebody to play next year, I think Westmoreland will probably be on the field. And then Braden Davis came in at quarterback. He's going to go get to work and uh, prove a lot of his haters wrong, in my opinion, uh, as we move forward. So uh, that was that there. Landon Sampson was going to enroll early, decided not to. From what Hale said, it's no big deal. You know, so we'll see sort of uh, how all that goes. So that's uh, the end of the news and notes segment. And I did not, mentioned it's brought to you by cindy sear foss of Caldwell banker kane uh married to a diehard gamecock fan she's been in upstate over 35 years wants to help you with all your real estate needs contact her 864-414-5271 or email her c sear foss c s-e-a-r-f-o-s-s at cb kane c-b-c-a-i-n-e.com my hometown of spartanburg daniel morgan avenue that's where cindy's office is but she is out and about doing that real estate thing she is uh, the person that can help you navigate this crazy, crazy real estate market. Good person, comes from a great family. Uh, husband is a diehard Gamecock fan, really good guy. I just encourage you, uh, if you need a realtor, you need help with the real estate market, uh, and you're in the upstate, uh, give Cindy a call. Again, that's 864-414-5271. So, with that, it's time for the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. <laughs> and uh, I, won't, I, won't, I won't hit you with two commercials back-to-back, but I'll mention iHelp Consulting here in a minute. I have Shai Smith and Stephon Gilmore both on the COVID list for the game guys. Uh, they were the Panthers now, but they got put on the COVID list. That was something that just came across Twitter. Okay, so you've got, you know, two ways to get into the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. Tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. Or email inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. That's inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Uh, I appreciate uh, you guys listening in. Uh, Sanders said, or Golfcock says, there seems to be a ding or a noise that appears. In it. I don't know what that is. Jesus. <sighs> Maybe my mic's not plugged in right. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Uh, thanks, Hoodie, for telling us Jacob Cowing went to Arizona. <laughs> Tweeted at us. Um, all right, Gamecock Fan 3. JC, when you talk about options, including bringing in a co-coordinator, that can't be an off-the-field coach, right? What on-the-field position coach spot has the potential to turn over and create that type of play-calling situation? I don't know. Uh, offensive line, Maybe. Uh, there's not a lot of coordinators out there that coach offensive line. Uh, maybe you shift Satterfield to offensive line. Um, maybe you, you know, hire a second, I guess, second receivers coach. It's what, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that would actually work. Uh, I know there's some guys out there that are coordinators that aren't necessarily quarterbacks coaches. 
So you can leave sad as a quarterback's coach and then, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I don't know how that would work. It would depend on who it is and their background and all that good stuff. So, uh, so that's it right there. That's a, that would be it. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Can't, can't, uh, can't, can't rule it out completely, but can't guarantee it. And, and also look like, like people were speculating about Joe Brady, you know, and Joe Brady would probably be um, a good fit because it's kind of the same stuff, but, but let's say you hired a Joe Brady type. Uh, and, and there's one of two things, either sack could be the Joe Brady or you have the Joe, you know, one guy calls it, the other guy stands there and, and, and it's a co-coordinator thing, truly. Um, but you have a guy there that's in charge of charting it and calling it and all that. You, you can't have two different guys doing it. So that situation worked out at LSU a few years back. I don't know. You know, LSU had a lot of talent and Joe Burrow. So who knows? Who knows? I, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. So there's me there. Uh, Gamecock fan three has another one. JC with coach Peterson going to Florida. Do you see us going with a Gamecock like Holloman or someone else? Or should we look at coach White's guys from his previous stops? All of the above. Uh, Cause I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Are they going to hire a linebackers coach? Now, now if they go hire a linebackers coach, the guy I would want them to hire would be Christian Robinson. Christian Robinson is former Georgia linebacker. He's at Mississippi State with Mullen. He was at Florida with Mullen. He was the interim D.C. down there. He's a really good recruiter. And his dad, Gus, played for the Gamecocks. Shane Beamer recruited him for the Gamecocks out of high school, but the draw of going to Georgia was you know too strong like it is for a lot of kids like Oscar Delp this year. Uh, and so he went and played for the Dogs. But that would be the type of guy I would say go get for a linebackers coach. If you go D-line, I think, you know, Travian Robertson uh, would be the guy, but there may be a grizzled veteran out there you need to go get. You know, this defensive line this year, and I want to be clear because a lot of people see Mike Peterson outside linebackers coach and they think, oh, he's coaching some linebackers and, all that, and and then they think Jimmy Lindsay has the whole D line. That's not the case, and it hasn't been that way for a couple of years. Um, they uh, they have Peterson coaching the ends, and then the two tackles inside. That's Jimmy Lindsay. So uh, I thought of that old spot across the board. There, uh, good improved over last year. Certainly, would have liked to seen that group assert itself a little more. Uh, it's not just because of the run defense, because there are bad linebacker run fits that play into that and all that good stuff. Uh, but I'd just like – I'd like to see them a little bit more consistent, I guess. And so they probably need to get somebody in there that could make that happen, is my opinion. Um, thank you, Gamecock fan three. Uh, and, and, look, Devontae Holloman also would be an excellent hire from the high school ranks. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I like Devontae a lot. I think he's a rising star in coaching, so don't get me wrong there. All right, Thomas, what is Beamer's role in recruiting both high school and portal? I noticed that he isn't listed as a primary recruit for many recruits, despite seeing him visit with many of them. 
I guess I'm asking is what do the primary and secondary recruiter mean on 24 seven? Uh, okay. So there are certain people in our network that don't understand this rule and they maybe put a head coach on there. Well, head coaches should not go uh, on the recruited by it's strictly for assistance. Uh, so what is Shane Beamer's role? Uh, heavily involved in all aspects. Uh, just like Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp uh, was heavily involved in recruiting a lot of the all these big time guys like Pickens and Birch and you know Lloyd uh, Muschamp was very 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 uh, instrumental in all that. And so is Shane Beamer. Beamer is a good recruiter by nature, great recruiter by nature. He's heavily involved with everybody. And then the head coach normally goes and visits. But it, but if you notice. Uh, prospect, uh, profiles for other schools. You don't have Dabo's name or Nick Saban's name or, uh, you know, uh, Jimbo Fisher's name by it, unless some knucklehead did it, a new guy or something. But you're definitely, um, you know, not, you know, you're definitely not supposed to do that per, you know, the, the spirit of the product or whatever. Uh, so that's why you don't see his name. But as far as his role goes, Heavily, heavily, heavily involved. And certainly, man, you know, certainly has done a pretty good job, I think, with building relationships. Uh, Golf Cox comes back in. He says, we need a running back in the portal more than a high school recruit, but we'll take a high school kid, but we need one ready to play. People are starting to kind of panic about running back. I don't. I think they're going to be fine in the portal. Uh I don't see him taking a high school kid unless he is like uh, dynamite. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I think that they have a chance to get a portal guy that's uh, relatively young. So how about that? Relatively young. And, um, and go from there. And that'll be good. And, and I think, I think, I, I I think they're going to be fine, you know, when it comes to uh, comes to the portal <laughs> uh, and running backs. So I wouldn't worry about it. But uh, you know, I I just don't think they need to reach uh, for a running back. And I'll tell you why. It, it you know it could turn into a bad thing if you only have three or four scholarship guys. But you do have Jaheim Bell there. Dare I say, if Joyner comes back, you could move him there. I, you know, th- there's options where you could patchwork it together uh, rather than waste a scholarship on a guy that's just going to hit the portal because he's not good enough. Um, you know, that's the thing I like about the running backs they have now. They're all good enough. You know, Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell. I think Rashad Amos is good enough. Uh, but, you know, you, you're continuously upgrading, and, you know, there is a, the question of depth and – I don't know that it makes a lot of sense unless you get a guy that's just a, you know, awesome that can come in for a year and lead you in rushing or whatever and go to the NFL. That it makes sense to go with a like a big time, um, you know, uh, an older guy, not a big time older guy, but a kind of a journeyman older guy. Uh, I think it, it probably makes more sense to go with somebody younger, you know, because Lloyd will be going into his third year, Juju is second, Amos is third. You know, you, you never know. Um, so I definitely think that. And then you kind of circle back next year. And I think for 2023, they need to go find a great one 
at running back uh, and sign him. So there we go with that. Uh, thank you, Jim, a.k.a. Golf Cox, for that. And that concludes the uh, Twitter portion of the I Help Consulting mailbag. So it's really a good time. For me to talk to you about uh, I Help Consulting, I've told you Daniel Owens can save your business money on credit card processing, insurance, telecom, et cetera, without sacrificing quality. But you may say, hey, JC, how does it work? Well, it's very simple. Call or text Daniel right now or as soon as you can. 843-372-5713. Set up a quick phone call, face-to-face meeting. Daniel's going to look at it. Where are their savings? Where are you paying junk fees? Are your rates too high? And then you may think, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. How do they get paid? Or, man, a consultant may charge me more than he's worth. You might think iHelp will save me 3000 but charge me 4000 No, 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 no. That's not how iHelp does business. You only pay a percentage of your first year's savings. And not only that, if they can't save you money, you don't owe them a dime. Daniel saved a business $48,000. 48, folks. So he takes a percentage, but then you, you pocket the forty-eight grand in savings. Uh, moving on, you don't have to pay him again. Uh, and right now, uh, Daniel's in a really good mood uh, because the Gamecocks are recruiting well. And so please tell him that you heard it right here on the podcast and you probably will receive a promotion. There's a promotion that he runs every now and then. So call or text Daniel Owens. I help consulting 843-372-5713. Give him a man a shot. Really great guy. Daniel Owens, I help consulting. Proud sponsor of the I help consulting mailbag. Tristan's first up. He says, just to clarify for my last email, when I said the DK should have started over Hill and Nolan, I meant that he should have started last year. I don't know. Mike Bobo calling the plays that would have worked. Um, and I'll tell you this: and Nolan, of course, wasn't here last year. The perfect quarterback in the idea, and the reason Will Muschamp went and got Mike Bobo, the, the perfect quarterback for his offense was Ryan Holinsky. If you want to talk about skill set wise, coming out of high school, you know, and I'm talking physical ability, arm talent sized style of play, you know, that's a guy that, you, you know, when they hired Bobo, you go, oh, that's, you know, I even said it. I thought this is great for Ryan Holinsky. <laughs> and then he just didn't do what he was supposed to do. So they were forced to, in case of emergency, break glass and start Colin Hill, you know, and I, and I don't know. Now, now you want to make a case that Joyner could have played some Wildcat quarterback or some things like that and, and made some things happen with that offense, certainly. Um, I'm there with you. Uh, you know, in another offensive system, Brian McClendon's or whoever, could he have been a quarterback? Absolutely. Um, I think that's what he is. Now, with Bobo, I, I just didn't see it happening. Uh, and then there, there's the whole conundrum last year. You didn't have any receivers. You know, you had, I mean, that, that's what frustrates me about this year's offense was that there are more potential receiving options than last year where you just had Shai Smith and Mike Bobo with Shai Smith and then Colin Hill and a freshman Luke Doty still managed to scrape together passing yardage at times through play calling. We never saw that this year. And it didn't matter who the opponent was. So, yeah, you know, DK uh, starting, you know, Honest to God, in hindsight, and that, that's hot take of the year, in my opinion. Uh, 
but I agree with you. And, and, and I would have said the same thing. I just don't want to go. I don't want to do that kind of hindsight thing. Probably what should have happened, what would have helped the season <laughs> on offense this year. And look, it was a fantastic season. All things considered would have been as soon as Doty breaks his for cracks his foot. You just say, all right, you're shutting it down. We're getting it, sir. Getting surgery. You're red shirting, and instead of activating Zeb Norman, you move to carry Joiner to quarterback, and then you you use Jaheim Bell at receiver, which is where he belonged. And I don't know. Would things have turned out different, wins and loss wise? I don't know. I think there's a chance the offense would have been a little more exciting because you had Joyner who was average at receiver. Let's just face it. He's average at wide receiver. Hustles, plays hard, does everything he asks me to. Averages grits as a wide receiver at this level. Average. Doesn't even look like the same level athlete that he does at quarterback. You put him at quarterback, it's a different story. And some people are just, you know, people try to move quarterbacks here and there all the time. Some people are just quarterbacks. And I think that's what DK is. And, uh, then you you know because you you had an opportunity. I think there's a lot of weirdness, panic about Eastern Illinois. About you know that could have beaten that team with a one hand tied behind your back and gotten Joiner or Jason Brown, dare I say, ready to roll uh, and gone from there. Because you know the problem with the offensive line and and them being confused and all that, it, it wasn't going to get any better anytime soon. So you need somebody with some elusiveness. So uh, he says, our offense is just simply better with a mobile guy quarterback. Makes you wonder how he could have developed getting that playing time and reps. Yeah, you know, we'll never know now, but it does make you wonder. You could really run the same system with Doty and DeCarian Joyner, so it wouldn't have to change anything. I agree. You could run the same thing with Spencer Rattler, Luke, Doty, DeCarian Joyner, Tanner Bailey, and Braden Davis. So everybody that's there right now, you could kind of do the same thing with. Also, before the season started, I emailed you saying how excited I was to see this offense, and I thought how we should run the offense around the read option. So after that game, it makes me think could have worked better than what we were trying to do all year. Who knows? Anyway, looking forward to all the forward to all the pods this off season. Only thing I look forward to until next August and September. Thanks, Tristan. And yeah, I mean the zone read kind of stuff. I think it was going to be part of it until Betty got hurt. But that's that's hindsight, you know. Like I said, and and, and I totally agree with you. Um, but I, I I I'd be lying if I said, "Yep, called it back then. They should have done it back then." It's not a soul on earth that would have done that. Maybe to carry on Joiner himself, but uh, shoot, I mean, the kid's just a quarterback. I don't think that's it. Uh, Noah says, JC, do you think there's a chance the Gamecocks pursue or even land Kobe Hudson, assuming there aren't major issues? I think adding another receiver could be a great idea. Uh, I think the kid from James Madison is a little bit maybe higher. I don't know how interested Kobe Hudson will be in South Carolina right now because out of high school, he kind of wanting. We shall see. We shall see. He's on an article – in an article I know Whittle has coming up on potential portal guys, but uh, I would I would really keep my eye on that kid uh, Wells from James Madison right now. But like I said earlier, 
you never know who's going to pop up in the portal. <laughs> so, you know, today we would be sitting there talking about this guy, but tomorrow we would be talking about somebody even better, you know. Uh, and then, you know, you may get players and be kicking yourself because another guy was supposed to come in. Uh, so there's that. Um, Chris actually says, uh, talks about Antoine, Antoine Wells. Antoine? Uh, we, and, is it Antoine or Antoine? I think it's Antoine. Chris, let me know. Uh, got to try to get JMU transfer Antoine. Yes, he went to my high school, went to high school in my neck of the woods in the 804 in Richmond. Maybe Beamer ties. Absolutely. Uh, Shane Beamer has long he, – he landed some guys out of Highland Springs for Oklahoma, that kind of thing. So he's got connections there. I think Frank Beamer's got connections there too. Uh, he says, guy is a menace when you turn on any game. Don't know if he's only interested in Virginia schools, but I want him bad. Thanks, JC, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And I agree, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, that's why I'm a little dismissive of the the crowd. That's like, oh, he's from FCA. Well, you know, don't don't knock those guys, man. <laughs> uh, you get the right ones, they can play ball, and they can they can help you quickly. Sometimes more than a, a power five guy can. And I, I think in this position, receiver. It's definitely a possibility with this guy. This guy's a uh, this guy's probably a little too good to play FCS by watching this film. So we'll see. You know, Shane Beamer has ties. Justin Step has ties. Like you mentioned, I think the Virginia schools are are on him, and there's some other big time brand programs that are after him right now. So maybe not. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know enough about like what his mindset is. Uh, in terms of that, but uh, I know that Beamer's got some connections to Highland Springs. One more. Uh, Isaiah, oh, I already answered this, Isaiah. Uh, hope you're doing well. What recruits are early enrollees? I will go right back to it just to uh, let you know. <laughs> Broke them all down. Anthony Rose and Peyton Williams at safety, D-back. Uh, defensive lineman, Jamal Weish. Felix Hickson, DeAndre Martin, uh, linebacker Donovan Westmoreland, and quarterback Braden Davis are all in early. Now, there could be some portal guys that, that sign and, you know, do whatever. Thanks again to iHelp Consulting for the iHelp Consulting mailbag sponsorship. Cindy Searfoss, Colwell Banker Kane Realtor in the Upstate. Give her a call. Also, Heritage Digital uh, for all that they do to support the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. I'm J.C. Sherbert. Hopefully, I'm in a better mood next time. Uh, hopefully the banging noise did not uh, ruin the pod for you guys out there. Uh, but I uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. I uh, hope all you guys are doing well. Talk to you really soon. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, J.C. Sherbert signing off.